The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Day two of the NFL Draft in the books. Adam Azer, Jimmy Eisenberg, and Heath Cummings here to talk about it on a Friday night. And yeah, well, yeah, we're tired, but I'm feeling pretty good. Ready to rock and roll and talk about these guys. It's been a fun two days. And, you know, day two is always uh, more fantasy relevant than, than day one. You just get a lot more players off the board. And what's going on with Ken Walker? What's going on with Travis Etienne? Did we lose two awesome breakout running backs for 2023? That's obviously a big question that we will answer. Trivia question for you guys. Don't, don't even think about it. Just jump right. You have one second to answer. Were there more wide receivers or tight ends selected on Friday night? Tight ends. Tight ends. You are wrong. Oh, you should have taken more time to think about it. There were 10 wide receivers. There were eight tight ends. I did feel that way. There were a ton of tight ends, eight of them off the board. Uh, so that was pretty fun. And, uh, yeah, good. Heath, good tight end club. Not a great wide receiver class. Good tight end class. The, the greatest tight end class that never mattered. No, um, I'm sure a couple of them will matter in three years. I'm excited Come about on. them. Come on. Yeah. Come on. The Cowboys, the Bills. We got some good... Opportunity for the Lions. Raiders. Raiders. Packers drafted two of them. Uh, <laughs> Packers drafted two of them. I'm missing the joke there. And they drafted two tight ends, didn't they? They drafted two tight ends. What was the joke? Oh, <laughs> oh no okay. Joke. Oh, you said it like I thought like they drafted a receiver that was like a tight. That's kind of a Heath joke to, uh, yeah, they yeah. drafted Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. They did draft two legitimate tight ends. I thought you were calling someone else a tight end. Sorry about that. Okay. Um, hey, real quick. So we did this yesterday. We'll we'll do it again today. Who is your favorite day two quarterback for 2023? And who is your favorite day two quarterback for Dynasty? And there are only two. Will Levis to the Titans, Hendon Hooker to the Lions. Who do you guys like better for 2023 and for Dynasty? Uh, Levis. I think there's an easier path to start for him 
this year because Tannehill could still get could get traded. Uh, I don't think Jared Goff is getting traded, and based on age, you know, he may get an opportunity to play in his prime as opposed to Hooker, who who knows when he'll get on the field. Yeah, um, Levis for sure. Dynasty, um, can I give it a push on twenty twenty three? Because I don't think either one of them will be my top thirty two quarterbacks. <laughs> you sure can. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now Ty. let's. I, I like the moves oh, though sorry. for the two teams. I mean, you know, you 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 needed some something there. Mm-hmm. You know, the Titans whiffed on Malik Willis. He just doesn't seem like he's an NFL ready quarterback, at least right now. And the Lions, you know, trying to find their heir apparent as well. If Jared Goff does get. You know, uh, some, does does not succeed, and they don't have a, a playoff run this year. They may decide that that's the position they have to address significantly. All right, Will Levis to the Titans, Hendon Hooker, and that was in the second round. Uh, Hendon Hooker to the Lions in the third round. All right, let's look at the running backs here. I want your favorite running back, just the day two guys, not Bijan, not Jameer Gibbs. Your favorite running back from day two for twenty twenty three. Your favorite running back from day two for dynasty. And we're looking at Zach Charbonnet to the Seahawks in round two. Ugh. He was the Ugh. only he was the only round two running back. <laughs> and then we had four in round three. We had Kendra Miller out of TCU. I, I'll do my best to kind of give you a quick scouting report here. Uh, Zach Charbonnet is a big physical guy. He's 214 pounds, six feet. He goes to Seattle. Kendra Miller, not a really explosive guy, kind of an in-between the tacklers runner, 5'11, 215. He goes to the Saints. Tajay Spears. Uh, some people like him more than others. Some people just view him as a change of pace back. Does Atta- not have an ACL. Out of Tulane. Uh, he is 5'10", 201. He goes to Tennessee. So, obviously, we got to see where Derrick Henry is going to be. Devon A-Chain. This guy is small, but he's fast and he's fun. Man, he's he's kind of like, would you say Devon A-Chain is, is like Jameer Gibbs a couple rounds later? Similar type of pro- profile? Yeah, not 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 a bad comparison. Okay, and uh, he went to the Dolphins. Very, very fast player. And Tank Bigsby. They don't call him Tank for no reason, although I don't know why they call Tank Dell Tank. Uh, Very different players. But Tank Bigsby, running back from Auburn, six foot, 210 pounds, and uh, he is a bigger dude. He's going to Jacksonville. So who is your favorite for 2023? Uh, Heath, you can start. Who's your favorite for Dynasty as well? It's the A-Chain, A-Train, um, for definitely for 2023, I think he has the best chance to be the lead back in a good offense. I would expect that Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson are going to get the veteran's edge and start the year as the duo, but we know their injury histories, we know their age, and we know what Mike McDaniel can do with explosive players, and A-Chain is an explosive player. So I, I like him best for 2023. I'm going to have my top 12 for Dynasty out by tomorrow. And one of the things that I'll be sleeping on is A-Chain versus Charbonnet and Dynasty because I liked Charbonnet quite a bit more um, coming into this process. And he was drafted earlier, but I, I just I don't know how or when he's going to be a lead running back. Jamie, same question to you. We got uh, your favorite, 2020, uh, favorite in 2023, favorite in Dynasty, these five running backs. I agree with Heath that uh, – is it uh, – how do you say it again? Charbonnet? A-Chain, no, Devon A-Chain. A-Chain. Yep. Um, he's my favorite for 2023, but I, I think Spears is my favorite for Dynasty because Derrick Henry is not going to be on the Titans next year. And if he shows anything in his rookie campaign, certainly better than, than Haskins, then he could be their guy next season, especially if he's healthy. So he could almost take a redshirt year if they don't, you know, if they, if they keep Henry. We know there's still the, the potential rumor, and 
I think the fact that the Eagles have now gone through two days of the NFL draft without adding a running back and that rumor still being there, you know, maybe that's something that, that could materialize on day three or after the NFL draft. But I, I, I think Spears for me would be the one that I, I would look at just knowing that there's, there's the chance of a complete rebuild for the Titans coming up, you know, it at, at, could be the middle of the season. You know, they could decide if Tanhill does stay on the team, they go to, they go to uh, Levis, they, you know, move on from Henry could happen to trade during the season. So Spears is my favorite of this group for dynasty, which sucks because I really was hoping Charbonnet was going to go someplace that he could have, could be a lead guy. And, and again, an injury may help that, but I don't think he's getting that opportunity in Seattle. Dave is texting me right now. He said, Pete Carroll just said that Zach Charbonnet can handle third downs, but so can Kenny. We'll rotate them there too. Uh, I, you know, I think it's fair. I just, for you guys, I mean, don't hold anyone to their dynasty or 2023 rankings right now. We really have to see how this plays out. Right. We're just going to have some fun tonight and talk about these players. All right, let's go to wide receiver now. We had 10 wide receivers selected today. And that started with maybe a little bit of a surprise. Jonathan Mingo going to the Carolina Panthers in round two. He's the fifth wide receiver off the board after the four we had in the first round. Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss, six foot two, two twenty. Then we had Jaden Reed on his birthday. Happy birthday, Jaden Reed. You're an NFL player out of Michigan State going to the Packers. Rasheed Rice. So the Packers drafted two tight ends and a wide receiver. Not bad. Uh, Rasheed Rice going to the Chiefs. Kind of a bigger. Outside guy, 6'1", 204. Marvin Mims, he's a deep threat going to the Broncos. 5'11", 183, uh, gets down the field in a hurry. Nathaniel Tank Dell to the Texans, 5'8", 165. This guy's small, but he's fun. Uh, then we had, in the third round, we had back-to-back Tennessee volunteers. Jalen Hyatt to the Giants. He's the smaller Deep, he is also a deep threat. There's Mike Wallace comparisons from, from Ryan Wilson. And then Cedric Tillman, a more complete player, less explosive, goes to the Browns. Josh Downs, kind of like a Zay Flowers type. Slot, slotty, 5'9", 171, goes to the Colts. Michael Wilson, bigger guy, outside guy, 6'2", 213. He goes to the Cardinals. And Trey Tucker, a bit of a surprise pick by the Raiders, He's more of a, I think he's a return specialist, very underwhelming numbers uh, from a third round wide receiver. We thought maybe it would be his teammate, Trey Scott, going here. Uh, is that, uh, sorry, is that his name? Trey, uh, Trey Scott, uh, Trey is, Scott. is a wide receiver. Yeah, sorry. So he's Trey Tucker. Um, but anyway, out of Cincinnati and probably not going to have a huge impact. At least that's going to be our approach. So I know there are a lot of names here. Heath, who's your favorite 2023 day two wide receiver? Who's your favorite in Dynasty? Uh, so Jonathan Mingo, my favorite for 2023, I think he has the best chance to be like the number one or number two on his own team, even though he was on the number, number two on an Ole Miss team that I don't think had anybody that's going to play in the NFL. Um, but just that Thielen, Chark, Terrace Marshall group is the easiest to beat out. And then I, I'm kind of going to go back and forth because Mark Mims was my number five wide receiver before the draft, it's going to be Mingo or Mims at number five now. Um, but I also think that Mingo, and, and Dave brought this up, he kind of fits that Michael Pittman body style that, that what Frank Reich seems to like in a wide receiver. So I, I like that fit quite a bit. Okay, because I've seen some, I've actually seen some A.J. Brown comparisons for Jonathan Mingo. Yeah. Because they went to Ole Miss, obviously. All right, Jamie, how about you? Your favorite for 2023, your favorite for Dynasty? It's it's Mingo for both, but... Um... I do think it's it's a very interesting group because you know you have uh, 
a hole essentially for the number three receiver in Green Bay, and Reed could fill that. Obviously, we know what the Chiefs' receiving core looks like right now. Rice could come in and you know have an opportunity to play and have a significant role with the best quarterback in the league. Um, Tank Dell going to the Texans, their situation being what it is. You know, I know he's a smaller guy, but you know could have a chance to be uh, um, a very productive receiver. Uh, my, my favorite of the, the the latter guys would be Josh Downs, just because I, I think mm-hmm. you know getting a slot receiver to Anthony Richardson is, is a great spot. And um, I'll go back again, you know, just to give them some credit. Uh, the, the trainer that I speak to quite a bit, um, Tony Bellani at XB Sports, uh, this was his round for wide receivers, their, their group. Uh, they trained for the combine. Um, Jaden Reed, is it Rashi Rice? Rashi, yeah. Rashi Rice, uh, Tank Dell, and Josh Downs. They had that whole group uh, along with Jordan Addison. So it was a pretty impressive wide receiver run for them. And to have all those guys go in the first two days, I think, is pretty impressive. So uh, they did a good job getting those guys ready for the league. Okay, do you see these? Do you see any of these guys as top one hundred picks in a fantasy draft for this year? Oh, Mingo should be. I mean, you know, Adam Thielen has got a huge opportunity in front of him, but it feels like he's, you know, needs a walker at times. You know, to get out there on the field. You know, he's just old, and. You said it. You know, it's, it feels like the type of receiver that that could be uh, a Frank Wright guy. And you know, I, I I think if you're going the route that the Panthers are going, of okay, we've invested in our young quarterback. You know, let's develop that rapport with a young receiver who many thoughts could be um, in in the first round conversation. You know, for Mingo. So uh, I, I I think there's a chance for him to you know if he has a good camp and you know maybe good preseason, he can make the leap. Anyone else? Just just Mingo as a top one hundred receiver from this, not not including yesterday's guys. Um, let's see what happens in training camp with A Chain. I think he's the other one who could jump into the top one hundred, or he might be there anyway. I mean, but he's a he's an at round eight, round nine type guy. Oh, you're talking the the running backs too. I'm sorry. No, no, I was talking about the receivers. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, by the way, if you're trying to think, all right, so Carolina takes a quarterback number one overall, then they draft a wide receiver in the second round. When was the last time that happened? That was Joe Burrow and T. Higgins, and they were great as rookies. You know, Burrow has to be round one, round two, or day one, day two. Round one, round two. T. Higgins was what the, was what was Pickens and Pickens last year? One and three. I was talking about number one overall, but but yeah, oh. uh, Pickens I think was a second round pick or a third round pick. I think it was a third round pick. Okay, um, yeah, but Burrow and Higgins were terrific. I mean. You'd have to look at Higgins' numbers just with Burrow because Burrow got hurt after 10 games or in his 10th game, uh, but he was really on fire. So I don't know. You know, I don't think anybody really expected that as a rookie from from Higgins, but uh, it's, it's that possibility is out there maybe for Mingo. Okay, tight well, that ends. Was, that was that great receiver class, and he was a day two pick, you know, when that was the Jefferson right. uh, IU class. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yes. Jerry, Judy, CD, uh, right. Ruggs, Judy, Lamb, Rager, Jefferson, Ayuk, and then Higgins. Okay, guys, sorry. Take, take Ruggs out of the ends. equation. Which which name just does not belong? Or Jalen Rager. Yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, the Eagles have made up for it since then. So how about the uh, the tight just ends? Taking Georgia, guys. There were a, uh, not a bad strategy. There were eight taken in rounds two and three, and I'm not going to read them all. So who, uh, Jamie, who's your favorite? Uh, you know what? Let's let's include Kincaid. Let's include Kincaid. Who's your favorite rookie tight end for 2023 and then for Dynasty? Yeah, you know, I, I started thinking more about what you were saying last night. I, I don't think the ceiling is quite there for him to be a top, what do you say, nine, 
eight, nine. Yeah, he would be no lower than nine or ten for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll still take you know the the bet that we have. I'll take Okonkwo <laughs> over him, but okay. you know just the idea of him just playing in the slot is 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 very intriguing. If if that's the route, if that's the role they're going to keep him in, and he'll be on the field a lot with with Dawson Knox. So he he would be my favorite given the draft capital, but. It's so hard to look the opportunities for all these guys, or, or, or a lot of these guys, excuse me. You know, when you have the, the Lions in the need of tight end, the Raiders in the need of tight end, the Cowboys in the need of tight end, you know, and just the chance for those guys, even the Packers, you know, as, as he, you know, said, you know, drafting two guys, Musgrave being the first one. Um, but I, I'll take Kincaid first. I'll take, my, you know, Mayer second. I, I just think, you know, the Raiders' smart move to go out and get a, you know, fill a hole and um, add to – what is a very good receiving core, you know, now that especially if Devontae Adams doesn't fall off, which I don't think he's going to fall off dramatically um, at his age. But, you know, uh, they, 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 they have some nice weapons there for Jimmy Garoppolo if he can continue to make plays and stay healthy. I'll, I'll stick with Kincaid and Mayer as one and two in Dynasty for sure. In, uh, in redraft right now, I'll go with Laporta as my favorite. And oh. I'll, I'll say I think that uh, another guy that could jump in that conversation, I want to see – if he wins the job first or not, but Schoonmaker also with Dallas. Like Dallas, it's going to be him or Ferguson, but they've gone through three or four different guys now in the last five years. Somebody's getting 100 to 110 targets at a tight end in that offense. Laporta is so intriguing because of the six-game suspension for Jamison Williams because yeah. he can get off to a good start in terms of targets and opportunity, and you know maybe he just runs away with it as a result of that. But you know we, we've certainly seen it, uh, the Tyler Higby breakout stretch. You know Jared Goff is not afraid to use his tight end and. You know, Ben Johnson, you know, I, I think people might forget that TJ Hawkinson had some obviously pretty good moments at the beginning of, yep. you know, the, their pairing before they made the trade last year. All right, we're going to take a break here, and we are going to talk about the Seahawks and the Jaguars. I mean, I, I think Seahawks a little bit more top of mind for everybody, and Pete Carroll, according to Dave, said Charbonnet is going to be right in there with Ken. Um, hmm. so. Which, like... We should not. We should just like ban yeah. the phrase Pete Carroll said on right. this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's that's the other thing. It's like the least credible coach when it comes to quotes. Um, by the way, we had four running backs selected in round three today. In the last eight seasons, going into 2023, the last eight seasons, there have been 24 running backs selected in round three. Only four of them were great. And only five of them were top 20 running backs as rookies. So six of them were top twenty-four out of out of twenty-four running backs. So it hasn't been a great round for running backs, but there have been Kareem Hunt, David Johnson, Alvin Kamara, uh, Antonio Gibson was, was solid. Um, yeah, where was he? No, Jonathan Taylor was round two. I thought you said round two. I'm sorry. No, this is round three. I'm talking about. Oh, Damian Pierce. Round four. He was round four. Okay. Yeah, day three. Uh yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll be we'll be right back <laughs> on fantasy football today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential, and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, 
turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right. We are on YouTube. If you're watching, hello. If you're not watching, we're at youtube.com slash today. All of our shows, you can watch them live. We usually record at 11 a.m. Eastern or 11 p.m. Eastern in this case. Or you can watch on demand, youtube.com slash today. Click the live tab for the full episodes. There's also some great uh, recap, you know, instant reaction that uh, we recorded. Dave, Jamie, and Heath recorded uh, during the first two days of the draft for these prospects. So you can see all of those. We've got to congratulate Tony Fueto. He is the winner of our NFL Draft Contest. Congratulations. You got six out of ten correct, and you are wow. in the Podcast League. Nice work. He was in Fuedo. He was in Fuedo, absolutely. All right, so the Dynasty show on Tuesday and more on, on Monday. Like, we are, you know, I don't know if we're going to get to all of these prospects and what to expect from them. Let's talk about the impact on the current NFL players, and let's talk about the Jacksonville and the Seattle running back situation. So, Jamie, what do you think? about the Seattle Seahawks right now and Ken Walker and Zach Charbonnet. I hate it. I, I really, really hate it. I mean, Ken Walker was one of my favorite guys coming into the season. And, you know, to to uh, continue the um, Pete Carroll avoid what he says, uh, he told me at the owner's meeting when I asked him about Ken Walker getting better that he was going to have a bigger role in the passing game. Maybe, I guess maybe that is true. You know, if that's a, a route they decide to go with him and make him more of a, you know, third down back, but the, the draft capital is the same, you know, a second round pick for Walker, a second round pick for Charbonnet. Um, Walker, you know, when you talk about singles and doubles versus home runs, you know, he, he left a lot of singles and doubles probably on the table too much for the Seahawks liking and, you know, was looking for the home run. And maybe that's, you know, something that bothered P. Carroll in this offense, but it just didn't feel like it was a need for them. And, you know, anytime you start to take luxury picks, that could be a problem for the guy that's already entrenched in the position. So, um, I, I, we said this last night, you know, you asked me about uh, Bijan versus Ken Walker, and, and, and that was close for me. <laughs> it's not even a question. Yeah. My God. Um, so, you know, I, I still would take Walker over Charbonnet, but, you know, now we're talking about a guy that goes from however, wherever you wanted to put him, he was a top 10 running back for, for fantasy. Uh, he's he's barely a top 20 guy now. Is it round three, round four? Oh, round four at the earliest. Okay. I, I don't know how you can take him in the first three rounds. Charbonnet might be better. Heath? Yeah, I think I said uh, round four earlier on when we did our, our live breakdown. I think Ken Walker was the biggest loser of the first two days of the draft um, in terms of fantasy value, and that goes for Dynasty as well. Um, he was a top 10 back for me in redraft. He was a top four back for me in Dynasty, and I, Jamie said he's barely top 20. I don't think he's – when I get my rankings updated tomorrow or Sunday, I don't think he's going to be in my top 20. Um, now I think he still has a lot of upside. That's the nice thing about both him and Charbonnet 
And so if you can get him in round four, or if you're drafting Charbonnet in round six or round seven, I think like one injury, it's kind of like the, the old Chubb hunt thing, except not as high end. If one of them gets hurt, you're probably going to get a top 12 running back. Think about this, that we can get to August. I'm going to throw up when I say this. Mm. That Rashad Penny may be the best fantasy running back <laughs> of the Eagles and Seahawks. So uh, let me just play devil's advocate and, and make the Ken Walker managers out there in Dynasty a little more optimistic. I'm going to give you some running backs who were drafted in the second round. I had done a little bit of this with you, Heath, when, when I, I mm-hmm. intruded on your uh, instant reaction. I was so mad that Dave said, why don't you come on our instant reaction uh, show? But I did a little bit. Of, okay. So anyway, these are guys who were drafted in the second round. Derrick Henry. Didn't do much. 110 carries as a rookie. DeMarco Murray had a really good year. Um, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb did almost nothing until they traded Carlos Hyde. And then Nick Chubb went berserk. Ronald Jones, 23 carries. Um, Miles Sanders. Before- when are you getting to the point where we're supposed to feel good about Ken Walker? <laughs> Already. Already. Oh, because this is about Charbonnet's going to do. Is, oh, is gotcha. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. This is a case <laughs> that Charbonnet may not have a very big role, even though he was picked in the second round. I would even say Ken Walker, right? I mean, Ken Walker was a backup to Rashad Penny until Penny got hurt. Uh, Miles Sanders, a clear backup to Jordan Howard before Howard got hurt. DeAndre Swift had 12 carries in his first four games. Then after their bye, he started getting more work. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. I don't know what to make of that. Nine carries in week one, he was the backup, but, you know, Marlon Mack got hurt immediately. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, 25 carries in his first six games. I think you could look at some of these situations, even Brees Hall, 21 carries in his first three games. A lot of these guys were not backing up good running backs, though, you know, or certainly Michael Carter is not Ken Walker. Um, You know, Marlon Mack is not Ken Walker. So this is just the optimistic case. Carlos Hyde back in the Nick Chubb day, right, wasn't Ken Walker that a lot of these round two running backs, believe it or not, even though they were taken there, they don't get handed the starting job. They are clear backups. Um, it takes an injury or bad performance from the veteran running back to get them in the lineup. Ken Walker might not, if, he, if that's the case, if he's getting 70% of the carries and Charbonnet's get, getting you know seven carries a game or something, Ken Walker might just keep that job and, and Charbonnet might just have a very quiet rookie season. So that's... That right there is the yeah, no, I, case. Yeah, I, no, I think you're right. That, and, and that's probably where Heath and I differ, you know, what, which is why I would still consider Walker mm-hmm. in the fourth round. And I would still consider him, again, right around the 20th running back. There, there's obviously going to be some losses here. And, you know, look, they, I, I think they've had a great draft. You know, this, this was, again, they, they didn't have a very profound running back room. You know, they needed to add some depth there to, you know, make up for Ken Walker, who missed some time last year. You know, or to support Ken Walker, who missed some time last year, you know, due to injury. And so if they felt that this was the best player on the board, they had a lot of draft capital. They addressed their secondary. They addressed their receiving core. You know, they, they've done some nice things in the first two days of the draft with the capital that they've had. And so to get a player of his ability, you know, that's just a good situation if that's what they felt was best for their team. Now, again, you could say, okay, maybe another offensive lineman makes some more sense, you know, some more depth there, however you want to go. But I think just looking at it for where Ken Walker comes out, yes, could he still be the, the lead guy by leaps and bounds? Absolutely. He did a lot of great things for them last year. But, 
you know, you're, you're, you've referenced a lot of situations. This is also the same team that paid Matt Flynn a ton of money and then drafted Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson was better, and he was a starting quarterback forever for Seattle. You know, so Pete Carroll, for what he does preach, competition and best player wins, he's proven that, and he's done it time and time again. So I think there could be a situation here where as good as Ken Walker might be, as good as we saw him perform last year, if Charbonnet comes in and is just blowing the doors off the 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 opportunities that he's getting, Ken Walker may not see the field very much. You know, so you just have to take that into account for the coach that he's dealing with. I I think you did a good job, Adam, of illustrating that there's more upside than where we're going to rank Ken Walker now. Because there is. There's just also more downside. Yeah. Because oh, like totally. Jamie said, Charbonnet could win the job. Yeah, I I think you have to you have to at least consider that this, this drafting of Charbonnet might tell you that the Seahawks don't like Ken Walker as much as we thought they did. And one thing I can guarantee, Jamie, if Zach Charbonnet is blowing the doors off, even if he's not, Pete Carroll is going to say that he is. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> We're never going to know the truth there. Yeah, they are both going to have the best. They're going to be the greatest running back tandem camp in the history of running back tandems. What do you guys think about Jacksonville with, uh, with Bigsby going there? And um, is that, Heath, do you think that's a big threat to Travis Etienne? Tank Bigsby, no. 88th overall. No, we saw Jamichael Hasty have a little role. They've talked this offseason about how they wanted to get this ball to Snoop Connor more. They, they, they felt like they needed a second running back to work alongside Etienne. I don't think the, um, sim- the similarity in talent is as close as it is with Walker and Charbonnet. And so I think this is a clear starting running back, backup running back situation. I think it's too early maybe to take a backup running back. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Tank Bigsby will have a bigger role in the red zone or something. But um, I don't really – I didn't downgrade ETN at all when they took Bigsby. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And, and Bigsby's another XPE guy. And, you know, uh, Tony Vellani, the trainer, you know, told me just about how physical he is for a guy that can, you know, run. And so he, he's got a lot of attributes, I think, that, you know, teams covet, which is why he went in the third round. Um, and again, another team, you know, you mentioned to Michael Hasty, think about that, that, you know, they traded James Robinson and that was the guy that they went with as their backup running back last season. So they needed to add something to that room. You know, they, they bring in Dearness Johnson, you know, we'll see, he still might be the number two guy, at least early on in the season, because that's a guy that's shown some flashes and a guy that the Jaguars minimally invested in. Uh, so take that into account. But I, I think Bigsby is going to be a good compliment to ETN. I'm curious to hear, you know, at some point whenever we get him on uh, again, or, you know, if I'm not on with him, but, you know, this has been something Dan Schneier has been saying about how he didn't think that ETN was the right fit for what Doug Peterson wants to do. And maybe that's true. And maybe Bigsby does have a bigger role than, than we anticipate. But I mean, I think everything that you, you've seen from how they used ETN last year, I think he gets a bad rap for being considered a smaller back and not being able to run between the tackles. I think he's certainly capable of doing that and showed that last season. Um, does he necessarily find the crease and hit the hole the way that, you know, maybe coaches want to see, you know, there, there could be some, some legitimacy to that, but I think there's just so much more upside for ETN. I think there's, again, I, I think this offense is going to be absolutely stupendous, ridiculous. Just put up a ton of points. The schedule is very favorable. Trevor Lawrence on the rise, Doug Peterson's, you know, one of the best play callers. And I think there'll be opportunities for both these guys. So this is a high end handcuff. This is a guy that may end up getting some flex, you know, opportunities for you, depending on how deep your league is. So he's 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 in a good spot, um, but I don't think it's a threat to ETN. You know, in terms of where he can go, maybe just not knocks the ceiling down a little bit. Cool. Let's talk about. So then, obviously, ETN is blowing away uh, Ken Walker right now in your rankings. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk about some winners and losers. 
can you can go any direction you want. I mean, obviously Daniel Jones is a huge winner. But uh, <laughs> did I say it? Oh, I, the clock struck midnight. I went an entire day without saying Daniel Jones. But Saturday, the first words out of my mouth were Daniel Jones. So that's great. Um, what do you think, Heath? Who are some winners Winners we got for after this um, day? Yeah, I thought Jonathan Mingo was a pretty big winner. Um, here's an under-the-radar winner, Irv Smith. All these teams went and got tight ends, nine tight ends in the first three rounds of the draft. And none of them went to the Cincinnati Bengals. And so I think he's going to be the, the Hayden Hurst of this year and could be a little better than Hurst was last year. Yeah, that, that's another storyline that we could spend an hour on. The players that didn't have someone added. Still Tony Pollard, still Joe Mixon, right? Yeah, I was, I was that, when you were going to come to me, I was going to say Rashad Penny, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook. Yeah. You know, the fact that, you know, three guys, I guess Alvin Kamara, you want to throw him in there too? Um, Javante Kamara. Williams. No, well, no they got Kamara did get Kendry Miller. Kendry. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, excuse me. Um, but Mixon, Penny, Cook, you know, guys that, you know, still may be replaced. You know, don't don't be surprised if that's the case. But, you know, those teams not coming away with, you know, running backs in the first two days of the draft, I think is is pretty telling. Um, Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore. You know, you've heard Andy Reid just rave about them right. this offseason. And, Rice, I don't think, is the guy that's going to threaten them right away. He's, he seems like more of a threat to MVS yep. at some point down the road. You know, so um, clearly you can't rule out DeAndre Hopkins based on Hopkins' wish list and, and the rumor of him going to Kansas City. I'm sure that's still a possibility. But I, I think just, you know, those two, those two receivers not getting any significant threats is, is pretty encouraging, especially if you have those guys, those guys as dynasty you know, options on your team. And a uh, good comment from the chat, Foreman and Khalil Herbert, the Bears yep. running backs. Yeah, a lot of winners in that regard. Uh, any of these wide receivers or tight ends? White too. Yeah, absolutely. Any any wide receivers, tight ends, offensive linemen, anything like that, uh, elevating any quarterbacks for you? I had this on my list yesterday when we were doing winners and losers. I don't think I said it, but Justin Fields, you know, the fact that the Bears were able to get him some help Yes. Uh, offensive line-wise. Um, I mean, clearly, look, the, the, the Packers – made a concerted effort on day two to put guys around Jordan Love. You know, so two tight ends, a wide receiver, you know, they, they needed weapons desperately. So um, that's a that's a great you know, situation for him just to try and give him options, you know, to to improve. Um, and let me just tell, other- let me just go through who those players are for Jordan Love. Um, he gets Jaden Reed, the wide receiver out of Michigan State, and he gets two tight ends, Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft. Uh, and those were all round two and three picks. Okay. I, I, honestly, in all seriousness, it's good. It's been a good offseason for Daniel Jones. Waller, I, Hyatt as a as a big play threat, and I love the John Michael Schmitz pick at center. I think that's a day one starter for them. Well, I mean, when you're looking at that Philly defensive line, you better give him some protection. Dear God, yeah. No, I don't like him <laughs> that week. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's been a good been a good offseason for him undeniably but anyway they're gonna throw the ball yeah what do you think Heath I I don't know I I mean I I tweeted out their depth chart at wide receiver and I just put them in alphabetical order because I have absolutely no idea who their top three wide receivers are who their top two wide receivers are who their number one wide receiver is um no clue at all I could not put any of the Giants wide receivers in any order well Adam I mean let's assume everybody's healthy so Wandale and Shepard are ready by week one. Yeah. Was their top three receivers? On the field? 
or in fantasy? Both. Okay, it definitely. Because I would think there's probably the same. <laughs> definitely. Sli- if you guys no. are on the bench, you're not going to score many points. I don't think so. <laughs> no, because it's, because you know because Hyatt is a guy that is probably not going to be their day one starter, but could end up being their best receiver. He's an interesting prospect. You know, we were seeing a lot of potential round one, early round two for Hyatt as wide receiver five, not round one, but wide receiver five. Uh, and he wasn't even close, really. He ended up being in round three. Um, they, the answer your question, Darius Slayton is a lock. I would say Wandale Robinson, and I have no idea. Hodgins? Hodgins. Hodgins on the outside? Yeah. I, I kind of thought that um, Hyatt and Slayton might be dependent on each other. Yeah, I it think Slayton starts and then Hyatt takes Hyatt, over. Hyatt tries to take his job. Yeah. Yeah. Hyatt's got one right. Hyatt and Tillman. I think this is kind of really interesting. They went back to back. Tillman to the Browns. Hyatt went one pick ahead to the Giants. So these are two Tennessee receivers. And if you look at the production when they were both playing, Tillman, I mean, there was no production for Hyatt. Right, he did nothing well, in 2021. In fairness to him, he was also behind Velas Jones. <laughs> he did nothing in 2021, <laughs> and then he he got totally out outworked, uh, outclassed in the first two games of the season by Tillman, and then Tillman got hurt, and then Hyatt won the Boletnikoff Award for the best receiver in the country, and he became a better prospect in a lot of people's eyes. So I don't know. Like I, you've talked about those two a lot, Heath, uh, mm-hmm. throughout this process, and now that you see them going back to back. What do you think? Oh, I, I loved it because the Giants actually traded up, I think, to yeah. take Hyatt over Tillman. Um, and Dan and I had agreed just like four days ago that we were Tillman over Hyatt and weren't really huge fans of Hyatt. And so I, of course, immediately go to Dan's Twitter feed and just find three of the most glowing Jalen Hyatt tweets anyone's ever tweeted <laughs> um, because, you know, big blue. Um, but no, I... I think Dan said it best. Hyatt has more upside than Tillman. Tillman is more likely to be a professional wide receiver. Like I think there's a chance that Jalen Hyatt could have like a 400-yard season and a 600-yard season and doesn't get a second contract. Dan was pretty low on Hyatt at, when he was getting the first late first round, early second round buzz, right. and he ended up looking good there. And he's also very low on Will Levis and ended up looking good there as well. Um, all right, let's let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about some more losers, and we'll go through some of these players. And I think we should spend a little bit more time on Kendra Miller. I mean, there's a chance that this guy's a starting running back for the Saints for six games or something like that. So that's an interesting storyline there. Uh, we'll be right back on FFT. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back one final time for the night. We'll have another recap episode tomorrow, or well... 
today, I guess. You're listening on Saturday. Later today, after day three, I'm not sure if Thomas, you're even aware of this. Dave, Richard, and I have been conspiring behind your back with Chris Trapasso is going to come on with us. Were you aware of that, Thomas? Okay, good. Uh, Chris Trapasso, I don't. I think you're off the hook, Heath. Unless you oh, wanna, that sounds fantastic. Unless you want to come on, I was probably not going to come anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> I know you have a lot going on. As soon as Thomas sent that text out that said I was a game time decision, I just figured, well, I'm clear now. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris Trapasso is he scouts everyone and he's giving grades on the on our draft tracker on CBSports.com for everyone. He's a terrific resource. He'll come on with us to talk about day three. Um, all right. So any losers for you guys? Any losers? Jamie. Well, Walker obviously is the biggest one. Um, the Dolphins guys that were you know, there, I, I think you got to be really worried about, you know, Wilson and, and Mostert. Um, Haskins, you know, I'm just trying to go through the running backs right now quickly in my head. Um, you know, just what his potential could be. I, I think for the Browns selection of Tillman and now looking at the acquisition of Elijah Moore and Donovan Peoples-Jones, obviously David Bell is, is somebody that I was, I was kind of excited about before they added Elijah Moore, you know, just thinking that he was going to be their slot receiver. Uh, he's going to struggle to get on the field at this point, you know, so, um, and even Amari Cooper, you know, just there's so many mouths to feed there with Njoku. So it's a good situation for Deshaun Watson. He should probably put in the winner category, just looking at all the weapons that he has at his disposal. Um, but I think all the receivers there, Cooper to me was when, when, my, my initial rankings was, was a borderline number one receiver. You know, he was in my top 15 and I can't put him that high. He's still the best Browns receiver clearly and still got a chance to be a very solid number two fantasy option. But I think he's a, the entire Browns receiving core is a loser just because of the additions that they made this offseason. Yeah. I mean, Donovan Peoples Jones at the beginning of the offseason, I thought was going to be one of my, <laughs> one of my sleepers and uh, he might not be on the roster by the time week one gets here. Um, I've got three running backs who I really thought would or I'd hoped would get day two draft capital, and now they're going to have to win as day three guys. Uh, Izzy Abinakanda, how do I do on that one, Andy? Oh, Abinakanda, 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 Zach Evans, and Roshan Johnson. Who was the second one? I was singing Zach Evans. <laughs> okay, and uh, Roshan Johnson. Those three yeah. guys not getting picked on day two makes their path to uh, dynasty success a lot more difficult. Yeah, Abinakand is really fascinating. This guy is is fast, and he's got such a great name. And I was trying yes. to sing Steve Miller band Abracadabra over it, but I think I can work on that. Um, okay, how about uh, Nelson Aguilar? Does he feel like a loser to you guys? <laughs> was he ever a winner? For- I don't no, even- Nelson Aguilar, I'm sorry. Jacoby Myers. I don't Myers. know what team he's I, on. <laughs> I, I was Nelson thinking pa- play for? Patriots, Raiders. Nelson Aguilar's on the Ravens. I know, but he was on <laughs> oh, the Raiders. he is a big loser. And then he was on the Patriots. He is a big loser, but... He lost, yes. Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers is who I meant. I don't know. I mean, uh, no, I don't think he's a big loser. I mean, you probably make a case that Renfro's probably a bigger loser than he is. Um, just the fact that they drafted a small slot receiver if he is going to get on the field. And then, you know, the, the addition of, of Mayer. But, yeah, again, I, I think anytime you add to these receiving cores, you know, someone's going to take a, a, a hit in some, some capacity, you know, for, for where even just their, their ceiling lies. So, sure, you can make that case. I think Adam Thielen's a loser. You know, the fact that Mingo was, was brought in, you know, Heath was saying yesterday or, yeah, when we did our, yeah. uh, our, our video on uh, Bryce Young, you know, I, I know you, you had him, I think, as – in your 30s at receiver, right, if I'm not mistaken. Um, right. You know, so 
he could still be that that guy. There's no question about it. He's clearly the most proven and, and best track record there. But if Mingo is anything close to where he could be, you know, it's hard for a Thielen to reach a st- ceiling. Um, other losers? Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> uh, Morgan says, Adam's just making sure everyone's awake. LOL. Yep, I threw a Nelson Aguilar out there. Yeah, I, let me give you some few uh, quick uh, news items here. Uh, Arthur- he's, he's actually a great trivia question for this draft because if you if – you, I'm trying to think how to word it. Uh, can you name all the first-round wide receivers on the Ravens right now? Is Antonio Brown? Well, he wasn't first round pick, but is Antonio Brown on the Ravens? What was that all about? <laughs> he he did um, he did say that he was joining the Ravens. He announced it, but they have not confirmed. Okay, uh, the first round. Okay, we got Bateman, we've got Beckham, we got Aguilar. Am I missing someone? Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> You're missing at least one. Um, to who did they? He's hoping, Sammy to bloom. He's hoping to bloom this year. Yes, there's there's one. Peter Onion. Ver- you're, you're missing the most recent. Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> is that all or is Sammy Watkins still on the roster? He's not on the roster. Oh. Yeah. But prior to, obviously, us talking about Nelson Aguilar, nobody would ever think that Nelson Aguilar was a first-round wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, news and notes, Arthur Smith likes uh, B. John Robinson's ability to play slot receiver. Yeah, that's cool. That's good because they only have one receiver. <laughs> so they're going to need him to play in some other places. The Cardinals are... Oh, I know who I, who I was thinking of when you lose her. Uh, the, the Broncos receivers. Yeah. You think so? See, I, I, I don't think, know. I, I feel think like, Sutton probably. Uh, Mims is... Sutton's, Sutton's the biggest loser of the group, but you got Patrick coming back. Oh, Patrick's and now the, the biggest loser. Of, Patrick's the biggest yeah, but, loser of but the group. He's, he's still going to play. And, right, but he's a bigger and, loser than Sutton. It, it, isn't Mims a Patrick replacement, not a Sutton replacement? I mean, he could be a KJ Hamler replacement for all we know. You just, you, you, but you're just looking at another mouth to feed with a new right. regime that drafted him. You know, so the rumor of them trading a wide receiver, I think it still could happen. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sutton gets moved, you know, because how desperate teams are for wide receivers. And he's clearly, you know, in terms of value plus age, you know, so trending in the wrong direction for them, but still has value because of what he's done. Um, but I, I think right now, if you're saying another receiver added to the mix, it hurts Dolchich. I think it hurts Judy slightly. And then it you know impacts Sutton and impacts Patrick as well. That was a late round two pick on Mims. They traded up to get him. I, yeah. I did like uh, you saw Warren Sharp's tweet. I assume. Oh no, I didn't. Four times Sean Payton has drafted a wide receiver in the first two rounds. This could be trivia too, but we wouldn't get him. Uh, Robert Meacham, Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas, Marvin Mims. That's interesting. I don't know, but let's just look at the. This is. I don't want people to jump to that conclusion that a second round wide receiver is necessarily a bad thing for the you know incumbent wide receivers. Look at the guys who were drafted in the second round last year: Christian Watson. I, I think it just depends on how good the guys are. I know, like, but we don't know how good they are, and and I don't th- like that's the thing about Mims. I, I don't think people think. No, he's, I meant the guys who are currently there. Like I'm oh, not worried yeah, about okay. Judy losing out, but I don't know if Cortland Sutton's good. Yeah, but. I just don't. I don't think these guys are going to have. Or if a huge, Sean Payton likes them at all. My point is, a round two wide receiver is not guaranteed to have a, a huge role. Wandale Robinson. Um, I just. Oh, he was going to have a monster role before he got hurt. Come I don't on. know about that. It was did working. You see what it, he did before he got hurt. It was. He wasn't doing that much. He had that one game against the Lions. He was one of three wide receivers who had a huge game against the Lions. With and the then he got defense. hurt. 
Yeah, but he wasn't doing. He didn't do anything before that, really. Barely. Tyquan uh, Thornton was around two. You're pick. the one that preaches what these guys do in the second half of the season. It, it, you are presuming that it was going to happen. I, I don't. I think that's a jump to conclusions based on one game against the oh, Lions. That's a terrible take. By no, you. I don't think so. Tyquan Thornton was around two pick. George Pickens was around two pick. Alec Pierce, Sky Moore. Um, that's it. I think George Pickens was bad for Chase Claypool. And Deontay Johnson. <laughs> no, he wasn't bad for Deontay Johnson. Johnson had... Yeah, those touchdowns were great. Million. I don't think Pickens stole his... Kenny Pickett was bad for Deontay Johnson. And Kenny Pickett was bad for Chase Claypool. And probably Chase Claypool was bad for Chase Claypool. Um, all right. Can you read off all the second-round wide receivers in the last few years who have been good also? I mean, sure. Christian Watson was pretty good. Uh, let's go to 2021. We had Elijah Moore. We had... Rondell Moore did nothing. Dwayne Eskridge did nothing. Tutu Atwell did nothing. Terrace Marshall did nothing. I'm telling you, there are more nothings in round two than there are somethings. I'm serious. This is an important lesson. Should you go one well, more year? This, it was in 2021 for sure. It was in 2022 as well. I didn't include John Mechie for obvious reasons. All right, let's go to... Uh, Howard DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. They were okay. <laughs> <laughs> AJ, AJ Brown had a... How was T Higgins? Well, but okay, Higgins was the first pick of round two. Oh, so now that <laughs> it does matter. It, it does matter. It absolutely matters. You're talking about twenty picks difference between him. No, you're talking th- almost thirty pick difference between him and okay. Mims. But this is the kind, of, the kind of the same thing you did with Charbonnet, and I think like you're highlighting the fact that it doesn't necessarily mean that. But that's not the same thing as saying it doesn't mean that. Oh, I, I didn't say it doesn't. But I'm te- okay. Fine. Twenty twenty one or twenty twenty. T Higgins, Michael Pittman, bad rookie year. Lavisca Chenault. KJ Hamler, Chase Claypool, Van Jefferson. His rookie year was good. He was fine. Denzel Mims. <laughs> Chase Claypool, what was his rookie year? His, his rookie year he had, had like, two, he had like three year. good eight games. touchdowns or that's, something. That's, he and Higgins were the only guys in the second round. They were, I think there were six wide receivers in the second round. Pittman, nothing. Chenault, nothing. Hamler, nothing. Uh, who else? Van Jefferson, nothing. Denzel Mims, nothing. I'm telling you, man, there are more nothings than somethings in the second round. I'm telling you. I, you know what? I'm, I'm right. I'm right about this. I'm going to see the 10-year research, but... Uh... As rookies. I'm talking about as rookies, not career. Right. As rookies. I'm not saying Mims is going to be good as a rookie. I'm saying he's going to impact the receiving court. Yeah, that, that was that the will. point. I don't know that he will. I, I, think more, I think there's more evidence that he won't. That he won't impact the receiving core? Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand you. Why? Well, I just I just gave because you because all he has to do is impact one of those guys that he's impacting the receiving core. But if he impacts he just, Patrick, he just gave you an example from Warren Sharp's tweet about what Sean Payne has done. That's oh come on. That, 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 uh, so you know what? Somebody in the chat said this is a Dan level take, and I just want to know like, does Dan have the reputation of having worse takes than you? Because I don't know how anybody would deal with that if that was true. Your Wandell Robinson take is amazing to no, me. No, you're wrong about Wandell Robinson. You're going to be really you're, bad. You're making, a, you're making a big assumption about Wandell Robinson but based on the Detroit pick. game. Jalen I Hyatt's just don't understand really how you, you... No, I don't, th- you I don't, don't think Jalen Hyatt's going to be really good. I think he's good for Jones. He's a playmaker. They need a playmaker. I don't you think of all people are, are the, the one who stands Bro. by this that... It, that he, you, 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 they build towards something in their rookie campaign. He did it against and Detroit. By the end of the season, and he was just starting to get on the field and getting opportunities. And you're assuming that he wasn't going to have a big role when no, he I, tears I just, ACL? 
Okay, he, he wasn't good. He wasn't gonna. Wandale Robinson was not going to replace Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton. He was going to take Richie James off the field. That's my point. He didn't have the opportunity to play with Jerry. Judy I understand that, but he wasn't. <laughs> you are talking about, in that game. That game that you are Wandale Robinson had a hundred yards in that game. Darius Did he Slayton, have six targets in the half that he got hurt? No, he played all. He played three quarters. He had thirteen targets. He went off in that game. Daniel Jones. No, the game he got hurt. That was the game he got hurt. He tore his ACL that game. He got 13 targets in a game. He played 70% of the snaps. Yeah, he had a great game. The, the day before that, the game before that, he had two targets on 75% of the snaps. Come on, guys. He had 15 yard, He had 35 yards in the two games before that. And then he placed the Lions. But he had eight targets in the game before that. And he had four in the game before that. You're, you're, you're cherry picking. You're azering right now. You're yeah. worse than me. I think it just illustrates how bad Daniel Jones is. Yeah. I can't believe. This is what, this is what drives me crazy. In my mind. I am so right about everything right now. <laughs> and oh, and 90% of our audience is going to side with you guys because you make it seem like I'm saying something crazy. I have actually presented facts. You are just presenting conjecture, and somehow I'm going to come off as wrong. Something. I don't understand how you disagree with that. I think that you might be right. What, but I don't understand what your broader point is. I still think I win the broader point. That no, most, my broader point, the initial part of this conversation, the, 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 the point was that – Mims is going to impact the Broncos' receiving core. You have a coach that just took over this team that traded up to get this guy, and you're looking at it, and, and yes, Jerry Judy has a chance to still be a star. That doesn't change. But he may get 10 less targets now because Mims is there, and he may get two touchdowns less because Mims is there. And so he's a slight loser. Corlin Sutton's a significant loser. Tim Patrick's a definite loser. And so they all get brought down because course, yeah. there was somebody added to the mix. Dolce gets brought down. I just don't understand how you can say that so confidently when I just gave you at least 10 examples over the last three seasons. Okay, but go back to the 10 examples and tell me that the receivers that those guys played with did not lose because they were part of a, a, a broader well, picture here I, I think of somebody being added to the mix. If you take somebody like LaVisca Chenault, it, it, even if he hadn't been added to the mix, somebody was going to have those targets. You know, I mean, it's not like Denzel. It's it's not like uh, Denzel Mims is, or sorry, not Denzel Mims. Marvin Mims is coming in and you know just taking nobody's targets. I mean, he's he's gonna maybe take Hamler's targets or something like that. And I have illustrated time and time again also that if you're a very good receiver, you are not affected by a rookie receiver coming in. Yeah. You know, My that, question is whether Cortland Sutton's a very good receiver. Well, yeah. I mean, Judy, if Judy's as good as we hope he is. Marvin Mims, is not, unless Marvin Mims just has a great year, maybe he's much better than I think he is. I think Marvin Mims is a deep threat. I think that's what he is right now. I think he's a he, low, he a low is, target. Most deep likely, he is most likely just going to replace KJ Hamler. That's the most realistic situation. Right. But if he is anything more than that, those other guys, the top three guys, lose. Or, yeah, or they just have a much better offense. Maybe Sutton loses. You know, fine. That, that, you know what? You're probably right. But I think what I've shown is that in their rookie years, they're usually not more than that. No matter how much we like them. If they're second-round picks, especially if they're late second-round picks. did TJ Hamler have in total yards last year? I don't even know, but you know they were obviously terrible. We expect them to be better than they were last year. You know, maybe he hurts Greg Dulcich. Maybe they, yes. just, maybe they just put up a lot better stats, and he hurts nobody. Maybe. You know? Hamler had... Uh, Seven catches for 165 yards in seven games. I can't believe we were talking about it. I think I think Marvin Mims might have a better season than that. 
Yeah, I think so. But Russell Wilson and, should have oh, a better season. Oh, um, don't. I'm people. I think were expecting me to be more excited about the Chiefs' wide receiver than I was, and Marvin Mims is part of the reason that I wasn't because I didn't really like Rasheed Rice very much before, and they traded up to get him, and then the Broncos used the Chiefs' pick to pick Marvin Mims, who I did <laughs> like a lot. Um, but I think Jamie was 100 percent right that he's way more MVS than anything else in this offense. Like he he's aspiring to be MVS, but. Do you think this is Rasheed Rice on the Chiefs? He, he obviously he looks more like MVS than he does like Darius Tony or Sky Moore. But he also has a very limited route tree like MVS. What if he's just a better player and commands more targets than MVS? I don't know. He's a second round receiver. It's hard to trust those guys. I would. I don't. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to have that big of an impact. Do you I, think? Okay, should I downgrade Travis Kelsey because the Chiefs took Rasheed Rice? Because by your logic, he's going to no, get there's tight end buckets and there's wide receiver <laughs> oh, buckets, on. and so and there's there's superstar buckets, and nobody there's, on the Broncos has achieved superstar status yet. Right. Uh, um, and the Chiefs are pretty terrible at evaluating wide receivers from the evidence we've seen over the last few years in terms. And I don't really like. I said it when I thought they might. Tyreek Hill was pretty good. That's, uh, he, <laughs> was. Go he was. He was. <laughs> that's 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 but, but as you can see, Jamie, we're talking about the the vast majority. Have we, not are. Been good. we are. Um, no, um, but I also don't think that a receiver as a rookie, it's fair to expect them to make a big impact in this offense. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Twenty nineteen, maybe twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen was a great year. Oh no, it wasn't really. Okay, you had Debo Samuel. He was the thirty sixth pick overall. He didn't have a great rookie year, did he? We're, that's not the bar we're talking about. We're talking about did the receiver have the type no. of year that impacted the players on the team? No. If you have 600 yards and you're replacing a guy who had 150 like K.J. Hamler, then you will take from the pie. He had 802 yards, and I think – how many did George Kittle had? Uh, George Kittle had 1,000 yards in 14 games, 1,053 yards. There's tight end buckets, Adam. Well, what am I supposed to do with that? Did he affect Emmanuel Sanders on his last Obviously. legs? Maybe. Bad year for Emmanuel Sanders that year. Who else Who else was drafted in the first round? I bet at that time, A.J. Brown, in the second round, A.J. Brown was. Uh, Miko Hardman was. Were we worried about Tyreek Hill at that point? J.J. Uh, we were very worried about Tyreek Hill at that point, but not because of his production. That was the potential suspension. Okay, but but seriously, oh, he's a superstar, so this doesn't apply to him. Right. Uh, yeah. JJ Ortega Whiteside was a second round pick. Paris Campbell was a second round pick. Andy Isabella was a second round pick. Are you going to read every second round pick from the last 10 years? I think I've made my point. Let's talk about two more running backs here. I'm going to get so You're much. Still the stupidest point was the one that No, you, you are taking one game and assuming too There's much from Two it. out of four. You remember how many times we got excited about Wandale Robinson on the waiver wire last year? And then what he I would, would do the, twice. the following game? No, more than that. I mean, he two, only had maybe two good games. Maybe twice. Why would we have gotten excited other than the fact that we're required to talk about the Giants every podcast? That's a good question. All right. Uh, <laughs> talk to me about Kendra Miller, Saints, Devon A. Chain, Dolphins. Jamie, give me the best case scenario for these guys. Alvin Kamara suspended for six plus games and the Saints decide that Jamal Williams is not going to get the Alvin Kamara role in the passing game and maybe not get the carries that he is vacating as well. And then Miller comes in and has just an unbelievable opportunity there behind an offense. I think that will be a little bit better than people expect, especially if Michael Thomas is healthy, knowing that Chris Olave, Thomas, um, and Rashid Shaheen are a pretty good receiving core. And, you know, maybe Derek Carr is a little bit better in that situation. But, uh, I think for the Dolphins situation, you know, again, you have two injury-prone running backs that could easily 
fall off and get replaced in a second. And this is a team that clearly values speed above everything else, um, understandably so. And he's one of the fastest players coming in the league. I'm afraid that Ken, Kendra Miller is just a young man's Jamal Williams. Um, I'm not sure he's going to have a huge role in the passing game, and I'm not sure he's going to, to be super explosive. But I do see a, an upside of A-Chain could just be a top 24 running back. Um, I think that the upside's really high for him if he can just displace Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson, which really should not be that difficult at their age and stage of their career. What do you guys think about Jaden Reed? Because we spent time on Mingo, and we spent time on... Rasheed Rice, and Reed was right in between them. He's the sixth wide receiver drafted in this class. And uh, 5'11", 187 pounds out of Michigan State, ran a 4'4", 40, um, has some return experience. He goes to the Green Bay Packers. What do we think about Jaden Reed? And would you rather have Reed or Romeo Dobbs in a dynasty league? Dobbs, but I, I think it's a situation with Monterey. Look, they're they're hitting the reset button. You know, it, it's, it's pretty clear. You move on from Rodgers, and you got to see what Jordan Love has, but you got to give Jordan Love weapons. And so this receiving core was terrible and still might be terrible. You know, I mean, Christian Watson, who knows how good he will be now that he is the guy coming into the year and, and all the expectations of, of what that role means. Dobbs was very good early on last season and then dealt with the injury and, and Watson's, you know, development and never really got back to that. But, again, LaFleur was just so glowing about him at the owners' meetings. And now you have uh, you know a rookie coming in to, you know, hopefully be that third guy. But it's it's still very very you know much of a project in my opinion. You know, so yeah, um, I, I don't I don't want to say he's better than the two guys that are there. No, no, I thought this was a win for Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. If this is the best competition they add to the Packers receiving core for the off season, then I, I probably need to move both those guys up a little bit from. Uh, from where I had them. Uh, Kent brings up a good point. He says, you guys are also forgetting that this is a weak wide receiver class. You should keep that in mind, I guess. Yeah, sure. And uh, Kent actually is on fire today. He says, guys, the stats don't lie. Adam is right. And then he says, he's not even Azer statting this time. At least he spelled your name right. He did not spell my name right. That's the only thing he got wrong <laughs> in this. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you very much. Oh, wait. Uh, very interesting tight end prospect. Heath, give me... 10 seconds, your thoughts on Darnell Washington, six foot seven, 264 pounds, uh, second largest hands for a tight end in NFL combine history. Very limited production, but a lot of upside. He goes to Pittsburgh, uh, 93rd overall, Darn or overall, Darnell Washington. Well, uh, 10 seconds. Darnell Washington is going to help Najee Harris. He's a really good blocker. He's not going to have any redraft value. He's a long-term project in terms of dynasty value. Oh, man, that's good. Did somebody told me that he said that he, I'm assuming met with the media, that he might be moving to tackle. He, they, they said that if he had agreed to do that and worked on it, that he would have gone earlier. Um, but he called himself a sixth offensive lineman. Okay. Yeah, ran a four, on, the... He ran a 4.64 four at 6'7", 264. Probably, I think, I think I heard Rick Spielman talking about this. I feel like he was talking about him. He probably is heavier than that. A lot of guys lose weight for the combine. But, yeah, I mean, he may, he may end up. Darnell Washington may very well end up being a tackle. I, I think he could help their run blocking. Cool. Well, like, yeah, that'd be great. And they took, a, they took a tackle in the first round for the first time since 1996. 
Yeah, I, I, I think maybe that's something we have overlooked a little bit is Najee Harris could be a winner, better blocking in front of him now. Do you guys, I, I know you didn't read my mock draft. Do you know what, what movie won Best Picture the last time the Steelers drafted an offensive tackle in the first round? What year was it? 1996. Best Picture? Mm-hmm. Titanic? <laughs> I don't know what Titanic is, but it was not Titanic. <laughs> it was not Titanic. That would have been my guess. That was my original guess. Uh, bunch of 96? guys, bunch of guys riding around on horses, their faces painted. Dances with Wolves? <laughs> Braveheart. Huh. Yeah. My favorite movie, actually. And with that, that's some Adamazer trivia for you. Thanks for watching and listening, everybody. Have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow with Dave Richard and Chris Trapasso. Your Wandel Robinson take is Titanic. <laughs> a great way to close the show. He insults <laughs> both of us at the buzzer. See you later, everybody. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.